This is an SJC Radio production. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to episode two of season eight of Pit Stop. Joined by Joe, as usual. Hello, Joe. And we also got Finn this week. Now, no. Joe, would you believe? You know, Finn wasn't here last week. Do you know what he was doing? Oh, I don't know. He was right. This, this is quite shocking, Joe. No, 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 playing... no. Let's not worry. Let's not worry about it. Let's not worry about it. He was playing Fortnite with <laughs> Dylan. <laughs> um, uh, Finn. Yep. That, that is a new low for, for you. And in fact, we're so appalled by that. I think that's a a public warning or a strike. A strike. And I think three strikes and, and, and we're kicking you off. <laughs> and it'll become, Finn, it'll become the, the Nick and Joe show, which has a nice... Well, a good ring to it. You know, Ooh. ring to it, doesn't it? <laughs> He's gone very quiet there. Well, right. Well, uh, okay. Okay, so okay. Right. Yeah, okay. It's good to have you back. By the way, Finn, I spent about five years taking the mickey out of your brother, Max, for playing Fortnite. And in fact, we had a, a Secret Santa one year in my tutor group. And I think I had uh, Max as my Secret Santa. And I, I think I bought him a, a Fortnite cap. <laughs> Did he still wear that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope so. Well, well, maybe Joe. He's given it to Finn, maybe. as Finn seems to be the Fortnite fan. Okay, I don't like it. It so, was just like a joke. I'm, I'm terrible. What? What at Fortnite or just? Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't played in like two years. <laughs> well, I'm pleased to hear that. Right. Okay. So, um, here, um, has anything both of you caught your eye in the last week or two, motorsport-wise? No, sadly uh, not. not I mean, I mean, really, not much has caught my eye. Dates, but nothing that interesting. Yeah. What's that? What's that, Joe? I think there have been some release dates for F1. Yeah. Nothing that. Yeah, as you say, there's not a, not a lot of interest. A couple of things. Um, Schumacher's um, the car that Schumacher made his debut in. I think we just lost Joe. Yeah. Joe's just. Oh, Oh, well, it's, it's you and me, Finn. Um, the car that uh, Michael Schumacher made his Grand Prix debut in uh, is up for auction. Oh, he's back with us. Um, that do, do you know what car that was, by the way? Benetton. You're you're very close. That was the second team you went to, Finn. Hold on. Hold you went on. to Be- Hold 
You went to Benetton in 92. Okay, it was then... You... Uh, oh, it's a team remember. that no... It doesn't really... It, well, it was Jordan. Oh, yeah, of course. So he made his debut at the 91 Belgian Grand Prix in a Jordan. And I would say... Uh, in my opinion, the 1991 Jordan, which was the first ever Jordan, I would say that's probably the most beautiful Formula One car of all time. It just looks good. And the colour scheme, as you're saying, Finn, that green with the, with the seven out sponsorship, I think Fujifilm as well. Lovely looking car, lovely colours. Uh, I think Schumacher, I think he qualified seventh on his Grand Prix debut. Yeah, seventh, um, and then he crashed up a Eau Rouge. We didn't crash. He, I think he, he uh, had mechanical issues. Yeah, it was on the first lap. It might have been his clutch or something or gearbox. But it was on the first lap of no ruse. So um, now I said that I just said I I've got myself on that. I said in '92, yes, he went to Benetton, but perhaps you can. Did he race? My question is this: Perhaps you can find out on your phones. I'm not convinced he did any more Grand Prix that year. For Jordan, no, because uh, um, because the one get the the guy uh, he was uh, stepping in for some guy, wasn't he? Yeah, that's right. He was stepping in for a chap called Bertrand Gasho. Wasn't he in Belgium? Prison or yeah, he was. Well, well done, Finn. He was in prison. I can't remember what he was in prison for. Tax evasion. Finn, this is very good. Excellent. So there we go. He was in prison, and um, obviously not for a very long time, and. Um, Schumacher covered for him, substituted for him at the Belgian Grand Prix. That car's up for sale. Apparently, it was it was um, auctioned in the, I think, at the Silverstone Classic in the summer, but it's being resold again. Um, and the reserve price is one point two million. Um, I'm surprised it's as cheap as that. I thought it might be worth more than that. Cheap. Because one of you say. well, one of one of Schumacher's, I think it was two thousand four. Um, Title winning Ferraris, I think, sold for about 12 million. I thought that car would be more expensive than that. So it's a bit of a bargain, really. If you've got a spare $1.2 million available, then you can snap up um, his car. Something else I read this morning was Lewis Hamilton's fear. And he's rather scared of um, life after retirement because he's getting to the age now. I think he's, is he late 30s? Yeah. Where he. I think he might retire in the next year or so, but he's slightly worried that it's going to be a huge void in his life. And uh, I think it's going to be a very difficult decision for him uh, to make. Um, actually, he does have another fear. Apparently, he's scared of spiders, he was saying. Well, he obviously has no fear of speed, quite obviously. Uh, he's, he's quite a fearless chap, but he said he's a bit scared of Apparently spiders. he's scared of onions, too. I didn't know that. Is that true? He's just making it up. No, no. There's a video of him like uh, throwing onions. Oh. Throwing, like he's got like onions on his dashboard. He's going, ah, not the onions or something like that. I can't remember. Well, okay. Well, there we go. That's an interesting fact. That he doesn't like onions. Very good. Um, moving on. Joe, have you got your thoughts of the week or not? Um, no, but I have one in ten minutes. I think it would be more poignant. <laughs> <laughs> this is classic, Joe. I like this, Joe. This sort of. Uh, the last minute sort of... Uh, it's fresh anyway, isn't it? It's fresh. Well, you know, I just feel it, it, now's not the right time to let you know, all, you and the listeners know. I feel like it would be more poignant and would sit better with the audience, should I tell you, in a few minutes. Yeah, you I, you get you get a feeling for when the time is right, I yes, guess. Well, yes, well, and, it, and it's not now. Now, um, what, what I quite like about our chats is that I have a sort of rough plan of things we're going to talk about. 
a bit like my history lessons of, you know, in the past, I have a plan and I easily get diverted off into talking about other things. And one of the things we ended up talking about, it was you, Joe, you asking about uh, the numbers of teams in the 1980s. And I I mentioned that in 1989. Right. This is massive for me and Mr. Collie. Okay, so... Right, uh, John McPhee will race for Paketti Racing Team. That's right, and that's in World Supersport, isn't it? Yes. And now that is that is big news, actually. That that's re- really pleased to hear that. I'm it, it, buzzing. It seems it seems that World Superbikes or World Supersports is becoming quite a popular destination for you know Moto Three and Moto Two riders. Um, and I was reading something by Keith Ewan, who who was uh, an ex-motorbike racer, ex-BT Sport commentator. And he was musing. He was he was wondering whether, well, superbikes might become more popular than MotoGP. If we go back to uh, the 1990s, well, superbikes was more popular than MotoGP. I went to Brands Hatch in 1999. And uh, I think there were about 100,000 people there. It was crazy. Um, right, so, Finn, um, you, okay. I was just talking there, Finn, about the number of cars uh, in Formula 1 in 1989. I've done a bit of research, Joe. And in 1989, there were 38 cars. Right. 38 cars. Lively. So that I, I talked about what they had to do. They had to do pre-qualifying. And the teams that made up, the, the teams who had to pre-qualify were... The bottom four teams from the previous year, 1988, plus any new teams. So those teams, so the four, four bottom teams from 88 were Ocello, Zaxby, Eurobrun and Coloni. The two new teams were Onyx and Brabham. Now you might say, well, hold on, Brabham, Brabham have been around for years, but Brabham didn't race in 1988. So they took a year off, came back in 89, so they had to pre-qualify. Pre-qualifying took place eight o'clock on Friday morning, and it was a one-hour session. Um, there would have been a number of drivers who never got beyond pre-qualifying. Um, a chap called Joachim Winkelhock never got beyond pre-qualifying. So your Grand Prix weekend could be over nine o'clock on Friday morning. Cracking. That's so weird. Yeah. There's, now, so they had pre-qualifying for 1989. They had it for 1990. But as... 1990 went on and some teams fell by the wayside um they, they, pre-qualifying wasn't needed by the end of 1990 so there we go the maximum number of cars you ever had was 38 now compare that to the 20th today right okay uh finn 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 hello finn Hi. i came up with i came up with a new game last week yeah. uh i don't know if you listened to last week's recording finn i'm sure he didn't no okay uh. it's called certainly it's called Surname Mastermind. What I'm going to do, Finn, I'm going to read out uh, two Christian names, and these people share the same surname. You have to shout out the surname. It's a competition between you and Joe. So if, for example, Finn, I said, I don't know, here's an example. If I said Joe and Tom, you might say Russell. Yeah. If I said Max and Finn, you would say Pendleton. But this is going to be racing drivers. Okay, so and it's a competition. So um, here's here's the first pair of Christian names: Emerson and Pietro. 
Fittipaldi. Well done. 1-0 to Finn. Second one. <laughs> Nelson and Nelson. PK. 2-0 to Finn. Three. Nico and Keke. Rosberg. I tell you what, Joe, he's, he's not, quite he's, good at this. Oh, good, he's, not very good. he's not very good at right, this. The next one. Damon and Graham. Hill. Wow. Last one. <laughs> this is a bit of a massacre here, Joe. Um, Gilles and Jack. Villeneuve. That's 5-0. Now, that, <laughs> that, was, that was very impressive. Now, um, so I gave you five pairs of drivers with the same surname. Which of one of those pairs is the up one out? Hill. No. no. So four Hill of those or... pairs. Well, I, I, I'll give you the answer and then perhaps you can explain why. Emerson and Pietro Fittipaldi oh, are kind of the odd ones out. World champions? Do you know why? Well, that, that's, a, that's a good one, actually. And in fact, well, I'll tell you what. No, no, because Nelson Piquet Jr. wasn't a Formula One world champion either. Okay. I don't know them. Right. I, 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 let's go through this. What relation is Nelson Piquet Jr. to Nelson Piquet? Son, I guess. That is right. What relation is Nico Rosberg to Keke Rosberg? Son. Yeah. What relation is Damon Hill to Graham Hill? Son. Son. Yeah, well done, son. What relation is Jacques Villeneuve to Gilles Villeneuve? Son. 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 Right, so four of the pairs are sons. Emerson Fittipaldi and Pietro Fittipaldi. What's their relationship? Grandfather. You are right. Emerson Fittipaldi is the grandfather. I'm on fire today. You are on fire. Uh, Finn, that's very impressive. I've got another game. Another game which I've stolen. I steal all my games. I stole this from BT Sport and it was from their rugby show. Uh, I think that's on Sunday evening. Um, I'm going to give you three facts about a person. And you have to tell me who that person is. I'm going to go off, off on a tangent now. Because I said I got this from BT Sport and their rugby show. Are you too aware, because it will affect you next season, about the new tackle laws coming into rugby? Yeah, you've got to be oh, below the blooming waist. It's got to be below the waist, hasn't it? Um, if you think about that... That's going to have a massive impact on the rugby that you play. Here's a very good question, Joe. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen? Are malls going to be illegal? No. Uh, are they? Doing a line out where somebody catches the ball. It just has to be below the waist. So you just. What? So you have to yeah. maul below the waist? Yeah. I so, so as a line out, when the jumper catches the ball, the opposition forwards have to bind on below waist tight? Well, clearly. That's rubbish. It's insane. And also, do you realise what happens when you're about to tackle a player and he dips down really low? Uh, so he hits you. So you hit him. He hits you with his shoulder. Yellow. Is that a penalty against you? <laughs> you did wrong. You're, you're crouched down to make the tackle. But he, he crouches down lower. He makes contact with your upper body. Is that a penalty against you? Guess so. There is... Um, to say that there's unhappiness amongst the rugby community is an understatement. They're trying to destroy the game. I'll tell you who um, I was talking to about it at period one. Who's that? Horrid. He was fuming. Uh, now I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to Horrid. 
Uh, next time I see him down at uh, Farlington playing fields, I'm going to ask him his opinions about this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to destroy the game that that we love. Um, there's going to, and I'll tell you what, the poor people refereeing the matches, the poor referees, it'll be penalty every five seconds. And also, there'll be more injuries because you'll have more. If your head hits somebody's knee or hits somebody's thigh, which is quite bony, no, their hip bone rather, um, there might be more concussions. I don't That's really know what they up... were thinking. It's really stupid. Well, I mean, it doesn't affect, obviously, the, the, the top two tiers of rugby, but it affects all the rugby that you play. I'm... Well, well it, so I, I reckon... They, I offer, I've got a feeling... I offer something light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. With a quote of yeah. the day. Yeah. This is a good time, see? I gotta... Is this relevant to the rugby thing? Uh... It... Probably yes. not. Yes, it is. Okay, carry on. Carry on, Joe. Don't Don't judge you. each day by the harvest you reap, but by the seeds that you plant. So, planting the seeds in grassroots rugby. Hey! There you go. Yeah, I, I can't I can't link it perfectly to the new tackle rules. No, but it's close. Um, it's, it is close. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Enjoy that one. Thank you for that. Thank you for that, Joe. Now, here we go. I'm going to give you three facts about I'm going back to motorsport now. I had to get that out, that rant about the new rugby laws. Um, I don't make many you know, anyway. It's all good. There's been many occasions, actually, in motorsport where the governing body have come up with new rules, which anybody with an iota of common sense would realise are stupid. Um, your microphone is making a lot of noise there. Yeah, that's me. I was, um, I was playing... I was playing um, Controller. Probably playing Fortnite again, probably. Yeah, um, and, and I, I can give you some examples. Uh, in endurance racing, so, you know, the WEC, um, the beauty about that, that, those sort of endurance races, is there's lots of tactics. So when your car needs refueling, um, you might decide not to change tyres because uh, you, you weren't allowed to change tyres and refuel at the same time. So you might be, I don't know, let's say you're 20 seconds behind uh, the leader. And when it comes to your pit stop, you decide not to change tyres um, in the hope that you'll get out in front of, of the leader who, who, who might change tyres when they pit. So you've got, the, you got these uh, tactics. You, you can change tyres or not change tyres in order to gain track position. One year, the organisers... The FIA said, right, what we're going to do to make pit stops more exciting, uh, we're going to allow refueling and, and tyre changes at, to go on at the same time. So that sort of tactical advantage you might get from not changing tyres was completely wiped out. So everybody, when they pitted, refueled and changed tyres because, it, took the, because it, it, it cost no extra time to change tyres. To myself and my brother and anybody else with half a brain, it was obvious that was a stupid, a really dumb decision. And that and the organisers realised um, after one season of these new uh, pit stop rules that it was terrible. And they, and they reverted to uh, what we have, what we had before and what we have now, thankfully, where you can't change tyres and refuel at the same time. But there's been countless times where the governing body have made decisions which the ordinary person knows are crazy and this is a classic one with the rugby right let's move on right i finished that rant here are three facts about a driver 
I'm going to read all three of them and I'm going to ask you to, to give me your answer. No looking on the internet either. Here we go. Fact number one. He finished third in the 1999 British Formula 3 Championship. Fact number two. He raced for seven different Formula 1 teams. Fact number three. Final fact. He raced in the 2018 Le Mans 24 Hours. Joe, any thoughts? No. Well, none at all. Well, no, <laughs> in, any no, thoughts? So he probably would have been in the sport no, no, no. 94, 95. No, no, no. I said 90, he was the 1999 British Formula 3 champion. Formula three. No, no, he wasn't. He was third in the 1999 British Formula 3 championship. So don't look on the internet. I, I'm not. Okay. Uh, he raced in the morning in 2018. So sort of right. So we know, is he? We, I'm not answering that. We know he's a Formula oh, One driver. The fact that he finished third in the 1999 British Formula Three Championship suggests he might be British. Mm. Okay. Any thoughts? Yeah. Give me some names. Finn? Uh, no, lost it. Button, perhaps? I don't know. It was. Oh, you are right. That's a shout. You are right, Joe. It's Jensen Button. Oh! Right. Jensen Button. That was just I, I elimination, actually... really. Well done. I actually saw Jensen Button race in the 1999 Formula 3 Championship. Um, what about the teams he raced for? I say seven different teams. Well, some of them were Benetton. the same team, but with different names. Braun. Finn? Uh, Braun, McLaren. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mercedes? No. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh he's already said that. Uh, you said that. Williams? Uh, yes. Uh, How many have we got there? Four. Now, there's one team you've missed out, which changed names three times. Ah, uh, wasn't it old, uh, Honda? Yes, five. Keep going. Um, was that the one that changed name three times? Yeah. Honda became... Benetton. No. no, Braun. Honda became Braun. Which became Merck. Which became Merck. Sorry, Braun, he didn't make some mistakes, did he? Well, we've got six. We've done pretty well there. We've got six. Um, yeah, it's probably as, as good as we I haven't got the list written down here, actually. Right. Uh, but well done for, for those six. Um, I've come up with a new thing uh, this week. Uh, I've titled it Mystic Meg, or maybe it should be Mystic Nick. Where the, when I say these are my predictions, I'm not so not, not so much in terms of oh I think you know I think um, Verstappen's going to win the, the world championship and that sort of thing. These are things which I think might well happen during the season. So what I've got here, and, and just see just see what what your reaction to these is. I think um, 2023 we're going to see this isn't it. This isn't a. a, a a particularly clever one or insightful one. I think we're going to continue to see Red Bull domination to the extent that my prediction is this. And I have mentioned this before. I think during this season, because I think Red Bull and Verstappen will dominate again, I think the governing body will come up with a new point scoring system for 2024. That's a prediction of mine. Um, a second one, uh, is I think Morbidelli. Who does Morbidelli race for, Finn? In um, MotoGP? The Yamaha. He does. 
My prediction is he will lose his seat at the end of the season. Oh, his yeah. contract expires. Um, I can't see him holding on to that seat. And I think Toprak will be in that seat for 2024. Who's that, sorry? Cal Crunchlow. That's his seat all day long. Yeah, I think I think Cal Crunchlow's a little bit long in the tooth now. Oh, well, he certainly did very well last season, Finn, um, when he when he replaced... Um, when he replaced, my mind's gone blank. I've forgotten his name. Uh, Davizioso. Now, now, Finn, you mentioned the other day when we talk about things that we we're looking forward to. You said you were looking forward to um, the battle between Bastianini and Bagnaia as Factory Ducati teammates. My prediction is this: I think their relationship, their relationship, will turn sour over the course of the year. So they're getting on quite well at the moment. Um, but Bagnaia is anticipating a sort of fierce rivalry. This is a quote from Bagnaia. He says, and I quote, apologies for the language, he says, Anea pushes like a bastard. So Bagnaia is anticipating, you know, a lot of competition from Bastianini. I think this might go the way of Prost and Senna in 1988. I see Bagnaia as sort of Alan Prost. Uh, and I see Bassinini as a Senna-like character. I think Bassinini is very, very driven. Joe, last week we talked about the psychopathy, psychopathy scale, and I think Bassinini would score much higher on that scale than Bagnaia. Right. I see him as like an Ant Senna sort of character. Right. Um, so I'm predicting that relationship will fall apart. I mean, don't forget... Um, Bagnaia has always had a compliant teammate. I mean, Jack Miller was the perfect number two and they got on really, really well. Uh, but we're going to have two number ones. Um, and historically, that's never really worked terribly well. But it, it's good for us spectators. And I know, Finn, you're particularly excited about that. So those are kind of what I think might happen over the course of the year. Any thoughts about that? Do you think what I'm saying is, I, is likely? I think that I agree. Excellent. Well, you agree with what Bass and I are and... Um, yeah, I agree with you, what you just said. I got that. Sorry, when I said the names there, I combined their two names. I said Bastianaya, which is a combination of their two names, Bastianini and Bagnaya. There we go. Right. Oh, well done, Finn. So you agree. Excellent. Now, Maybe this is word, sir, to, describe, to address their relationship together. Yes. That's, that's quite a good one. Yeah. You should claim that. That's quite a good one, isn't it? Yeah. I like that. Um, now, this weekend, really, in, for, for for most people, this weekend is the real beginning of the international racing season. Uh, Finn, did you get the video link I sent you? Yeah, I did. Good. Have you watched the video link I sent you? Yep. Oh, you have. Excellent. So I, I sent you a, a short summary of the of IMSA. So this weekend is the first round of the IMSA Championship. It's the Daytona 24 hours. Uh, you could argue that it's the blue ribbon event of the season. I, I, well, is it the, it's certainly the longest event. It's 24 hours. Um, I would argue that Sebring, the second round, is possibly the blue ribbon event. But the, the great interest this year is that it's the debut of the new LMDH or GTP cars. So there are nine GTP cars on the grid. I mean, the grid's about about 60 cars altogether because we've got lots of G GT cars, which are called GTDs. We've got 
Um, other prototypes, we've got the LMP3 prototypes. I think there are nine of those. We've got the LMP2 prototypes. I think there's about 10 of those. But the top class of the GTPs, there are nine of those. We've got three Cadillacs. I love the Cadillacs. Two BMWs, two Porsches, and two Acuras. I think we're um, Hold on a minute. I think what's the that, start of the racing calendar is actually the Formula E. <laughs> Yeah, same. Well, you can well, argue that. Well, that was last weekend, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and there is actually, the second round is this weekend as well. But for me, Finn, the Formula E at Diria in Saudi Arabia pales into insignificance when compared to the Daytona 24 hours, which is one of their classic races. But, but I would say, in support of the Formula E in Diria, it's going to be much easier to watch because you can watch that on Eurosport. Um, I sometimes have problems um, tuning into the IMSA races because my, um, what was it called? My thing, my internet thing doesn't always support the IMSA TV website. Also, I'm going skiing on Saturday. So I'm going to be in Austria um, whilst the race is on. I'm rather hoping I can watch it on my smartphone. Right, I'm um, rather hoping you get no snow. <laughs> No, no, Finn, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to say there's been loads, there's loads of snow there. It's been snowing almost nonstop. Oh, okay. yeah, there'll be tons of snow. I just hope the plane takes off this time. Um, so we're really interested to see oh, yeah, how yeah, these cars, cars perform. My, my brother thinks it's going to be what we call a, a race of attrition, that it's not going to be down to which car is the fastest. It, it might well come down to which car is the most reliable. These... GTP cars, they've got that they are hybrids. We've never had um, hybrids in uh, IMSA before. So this technology is all new. Um, and we know the cars are fast. In fact, the prediction was that these cars would be slightly slower than the DPI cars they replaced. But the, the, the accurate pole position with a time of 1 minute 34.031, which beat last year's pole time, which was 134.034. So the pole time is three, is it three thousand, three hundredths faster than, no, it's not, it's three thousandths faster than last year's pole time. So it seems these cars, despite the fact they're heavier, uh, seem to be slightly faster. So I've got no idea who's going to win this, but I'm going to make a prediction just based, based on past form. I love the I love the Cadillacs to win. I love the Cadillacs. The Cura won last year. The Cura's on pole. Uh, I know that the Conica Minolta team have got a very good record at Daytona. If I was a betting man, I would say... I would say maybe the Conica Minolta Acura to win. But really, uh, any of those nine could win. It might actually be my brother thinks that these cars might be, they might have so many reliability issues, he thinks that an LMP2 car could possibly win. So that's not beyond the realms of possibility. Now, what I suggest to you people, this is in Florida, by the way. The race starts at 1.40 p.m. on Saturday. That equates to 6.40 p.m. UK time. I would recommend maybe watching the first hour or so. But what I really love about Daytona is watching the last three hours. Um, so I would recommend tuning in at about three o'clock on Sunday afternoon for the last three hours. Um, 
the finishes at Daytona tend to be really close. Um, so that I would recommend. I, I, I'm certainly going to be off the slopes by then. Um, and hopefully I'll be able to watch the last three hours. So I'm in a position to actually comment about the race next week. If I don't see the race, it's going to be very difficult for me to do a race report. But if you can tune in, or, or it might be you can find some very brief YouTube highlights, and we could talk about that next week. Um, I'm pretty much done with everything there. Uh, anything else to add from you two? Oh, in terms of our uh, downloads, we are rapidly approaching 4,000. I think we're on 3,950-something. I think maybe by next week we might be up to 4,000. Are we rapidly approaching 10p? <laughs> I think, funny enough, Finn, I think we're well beyond 10p. I don't know what our total profit is from, from our adverts because they only give me the monthly total, uh... the, the current month's total, and they give that to me in Swedish krona. <laughs> but... There will be some revenue. <laughs> but, well, I think I think the platform. I think the, I think the platform is a Swedish platform. Spotify, we yeah. just convert that into pounds. There it's quite easy, go. right? So uh, next week, as long as I as long as I oh, get right, back right. from, as long as my flight from Swiss, from Austria isn't cancelled, we won't meet on Wednesday. By the way, because I'll still be. Hopefully, well, hopefully I'll be back by then, but I won't be home, I don't think, by 7 o'clock. So probably get together Thursday of next week. Try and see a bit of Daytona if you can. Um, so until then, I think it's goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. This was an SJC production. The presenters were Nick, Joe, and Finn, and the show was edited and produced by Nick. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pit Stop with Mr. Bird. There's a few new things I want to make you aware of. We've got a new website, which you can find by going online to shows.acast.com forward slash pitstop, where you can also find links to our Twitter and uh, on the About page, more information about the hosts as well. We're also on lots more platforms in addition to where you're listening to us now. So we're now on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music and lots more, as well as TuneIn like we've been on since we started so head over to those platforms to subscribe on the most convenient one for you and find all our back catalogue of episodes to listen to again as well